He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, very special guest today. I just told her off mic. At one time, she was considered the coolest woman alive, and I'm sure I'm not the first to tell her that. Miss Angie Dickinson, award-winning actress, you know her work from Policewoman and Rio Bravo and Big Bad Mama and just so much work. Her resume is a mile long, and she's been around a long time for a young gal, and she is absolutely wonderful. Thrilled to have her. Angie Dickinson, how are you? Well, after that... Nice introduction. I'm just fine. Well, it's, thank you so much. I, I rarely hear real Bravo and Big Bad Mama in the same uh, <laughs> mouthful <laughs> because one is a, a wonderful classic, and the other one would, could have been if they had if they had left out the nudity in yeah. Big Bad Mama, that would have been a big success. Do you know why I said it's a, ter- it's a terrific movie, except for the nude scenes, which are awful. But go ahead. Well, you know what happened is right as Cablevision came alive, Cablevision here in New York, cable TV and HBO came around. Big Bad Mama was a big hit on there, and so was American Graffiti, and and they just played it some of these movies over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, you know, where people got to see your work. I thought you did a great job in it, to be honest with you. I mean, nudity aside, I mean... It, oh, it, as I say, if they had left the nudity out, I think it would have been a big hit, because when at that opening scene where she's rattling off and they're trying to start the old 37 unbelievable uh, a card and car and uh, and it goes along lickety split and uh, you know the the timing the tempo gets the movie off to a great start it's one of the most wonderful opening scenes i've ever seen yeah. so it is very underrated for the good parts but as i say they they really did not have the sense to have the the good sense to say, hey, we could have a really good picture here. So anyway, uh, at least some people like it and and, uh, and don't let the... uh and they don't let the nude scenes ruin it for them. No, well, I mean, listen, I was a young boy. Trust me, nude scenes were, uh, <laughs> weren't offensive to us, you know, maybe women or whatever. But, you know, also Ocean's Eleven was another huge hit for you. The Killers in 64, I mean, that launched so many different people. But what a career. I mean, looking back, you've got to be proud of what you've done. Well, I am. And the interesting part about uh, The Killers is... Uh, um, uh, if you don't know the backstory about how that got made, uh, and most people don't, uh, Lou Wasserman was head of Universal, as yeah. you know, but many people don't. He was a genius and a fantastic man. And he said, why don't we make movies and put them directly on television rather than making movies go to the theater and then later on put them on television, which is what we did. And yeah in the early 60s, uh, up until the early 60s. And so Wasserman said, let's do four, I don't remember if it was three or four, test movies. And one of them was with Raymond Burr, and I, and one of them was The Killers. And that's why it's a cheap-looking movie, although it is quite thrilling and, and quite wonderful for a, for a crime movie. Uh, but that's why it has a look on the cheap side, it, because it was a TV um, uh, budget. 
and we couldn't make it a good movie. I mean, movies are good for a lot of reasons, and one of them is the good lighting and the long, the the locations and and all of that. But that was one of the that was how movies for television got started. Yeah, and so I'm and, really old. Well, listen, you're, you're not. People are living well past a hundred now. You know, I I saw recent pictures of you. You look terrific. And, oh, well, now those days are over, but thank you. Well, I may be misremembering this, but was that Ronald Reagan's last film, The Killers? Yes, uh, and, and he was happy to get rid of his movie career because, as I mean, he was studying all every day on the set. He was uh, reading and reading and reading and reading and studying for the governorship. And uh, so he uh, made a deal with them that if, if he made that movie, that would be his last one on his contract. And that was what happened. He did it, and he got finished with that contract and didn't have to work anymore, and then went on to become governor. Let me remind people, if you're tuning in a, a little bit late, you're listening to the wonderful, the great Angie Dickinson and Frank McKay here, proud to have her, and so many movies to her credit, and so much television, and award-winning, Golden Globe-winning actress Angie Dickinson, and so much more than that. When you saw Ronald Reagan studying to run for governor and to get into his life of politics, were you thinking he was going to be successful? No, uh, and of course I was a diehard a Democrat. Yeah, I mean, have been all the way. My parents, you know, FDR and the and the. Um, uh, New Deal. The, the New Deal. That was it, wasn't it? Yep. And how my dad got the, the, the how my dad got jobs, and everything. Um, it wasn't the New Deal, but it was something else um, where they uh, where they gave them work for highways and what have you. Uh, but but that's not important. Yeah. But but I so I but I go back that far as a kid loving Roosevelt because my parents loved them because he saved the world, saved the country. And so um, uh, I was a very much a Democrat and, and had, um, had uh, publicly and, and quite, um, how can I, effectively went on a, a, a big tour for President Kennedy. Um, yeah. No, this was before. Yeah. This, no. This was he was he was killed the day we were start to start shooting that movie, uh, and so I was there. I mean, a Democrat in you know in stone. I was a Democrat, and here was Ronald Reagan, an actor. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you what my attitude was yeah. running for governor of California. I mean, it was ludicrous to me. I have to be honest. Yeah, I, because I, mean, I was. I was just so one way that I couldn't see anything appropriately. You know, you mentioned your dad, and again, pardon me if I'm misremembering, and I should have did more research here, but you were from the Dakotas, right? You were North Dakota, and your dad was in the newspaper business. Is that right? That's right, uh-huh. But uh, aside from that, they had, you know, they had to work and uh, and build roads and what have you, and as I say, I, I can't remember. Uh, the New Deal comes to mind, something like that. Yeah, it was the New Deal. That was FDR's New Deal. Was, that was his plan. Was that it? Yes. Oh, okay, definitely. okay. Oh, my goodness. 
And so um, I'm just explaining that my roots were so, so Democrat, a Democrat that that there was no way I could tolerate a thought of an actor uh, and a and a Republican <laughs> being governor of California, and certainly we never dreamed he would run for president at that point. That was that would have been beyond ludicrous. What did you that think of you what we knew? <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you think of him other than that? I mean, did you like Ronald Reagan? Oh, he was terrific. He was. Uh, he was. We were all. It was a terrible time. We had to shoot. <laughs> Uh, you know, as they say, the day after they buried the president. And so it was very, very hard uh, emotionally for all of us. But um, he was very nice. We got along fine. And and uh, I, I, I lived fairly close to them uh, in Brentwood when uh, as he was running and when he was governor. And so and then they invited me to the White House when they had the Kennedy Center honors and things like that. So you know, it was. Uh, he didn't know that at one time I had did not like him. <laughs> yeah. And know, and, and uh, he did a pretty good job. <laughs> you know, they always say that Reagan was a liberal, and of course he was the head of the Screen Actors Guild and so forth. Yeah. But someone told me recently, actually, a biographer of Lee Marvin, who uh, ironically enough was in The Killers as well. But he said that Lee Marvin never thought that Ronald Reagan was ever a liberal, that he always was a conservative and he just played a liberal to kind of get along in Hollywood. I mean, do you have an opinion on that? I think that, yeah, I think that would be accurate. Uh-huh. And, and, he, and he knew how to play it. That, that's where acting helps and it comes in handy. Yeah. Uh, you literally put on a, a, a happy face. <laughs> and and, uh, you, it, he, and he, he was charming. He, could, he charmed us. Totally. You know, and Lee Marvin was a very progressive guy. You would think, you know, he was a Purple Heart recipient. He was a probably a Marine, if I'm remembering correctly. Absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. A tough, tough man. And, oh, oh and yeah. You think of that as being just a natural-born Republican, but he wasn't. He was a very progressive man. Uh, yeah, yes, I would, I would have thought so, but I didn't, I really didn't get into politics uh, at uh, much at all, um, you know, when you're struggling to start a new career, that, of course, that was only 10 years before, uh, it, it, that's, uh, you know, that's where your focus is. And, uh, and, and as I say, I was just so, uh, because of my parents and upbringing, even though North Dakota is a very Republican state, my parents were not. And so I'm just, uh, you know, I just was never um, that political and that um, informed. I was an emotional voter. Yeah. Again, Angie Dickinson is the voice you're hearing. Just a an incredible career spanning so many decades. What, five decades? Six decades? I mean, just an amazing career that she put together. And 99.9% people in the industry would envy this career. The elite <laughs> of the elite. Yeah, it is one heck of a career. And Angie Dickinson. And I, I got very lucky to be a put with uh, the people that I did for a, for a, for a nobody and out of the sticks of North Dakota, not you know I don't have didn't have that New York training, and I didn't have the Fonda uh, uh, inheritance of the family name yeah. or 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 any wealth whatsoever, <laughs> and uh, so for somebody who just you know came out of the blue and from scratch said hmm. 
I think I'd like that. <laughs> I did very, very well. And I was, excuse me, very lucky because without Rio Bravo, I would not have, uh, I could not have reached the uh, heights that I had reached. Uh, the thing is, you're very modest. Also, again, Frank McKay with Angie Dickinson. You're very modest in pointing to luck. You're also very good, and you were very ambitious from what I understand. Do you consider yourself a hardworking, ambitious woman? I mean, I imagine you would, right? Well, I wasn't lazy. I couldn't put it that way. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know how to describe myself. I went to uh, Catholic school when we got to California. My mother was determined to put us in Catholic schools because she had heard the California school system was not that good. So she managed to put three girls into Catholic school. So, um, and I was I was just always an achiever, but but not for not for prizes or. Or, or applause, or I just was kind of a show-off mm. and, a, and a, a cocky kid for no, for no good reason. I mean, everything. You know, I couldn't sing. I couldn't dance. I was ordinary looking. I was average height. I, you know, I just, uh, I just had that something extra in me that made me an achiever. I don't know. I mean, boy, you're very modest or you're very hard on yourself because you were considered well, no, one of the most beautiful women in the world, well, you, that. <laughs> a, a wonderful actress. I mean, you had all these accolades. I mean, do you think the fact that you grew up for, you know, roughly 10 years in North Dakota, that you came from humble beginnings and maybe that kept you exactly that? It showed you humility. Absolutely. We, You just... Um we don't always. We, I'm not introspective. I, I guess, would be the word. I never. But then, as the years go on, and you talk like this about yourself, I also don't want to. I mean, I, hey, um, that luck is a huge part of life and where we end up. And you can be the smartest, or the most beautiful, or the richest, and you still may not achieve your goals and luck is so important and uh and not not only having it but then knowing what to do with it when you get it so uh you know i could analyze my career all day long and not get the right answer but that's how i see it did I got lucky. Oh, hey, listen, it's again, it's a very humble way to look at it. But I mean, I'm just looking at your career here and I'm just looking at the amount of TV that you did early on. A lot of this, you know, the serial, yes. uh, you know, all of this. That's I mean, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. The, yeah, but the luck also was that that was the time, the period. Uh, I basically got my what what you used to have to do for a drama was to go to New York and study and and do summer stock, which was doing plays in small towns in the on the East Coast. I mean, summer stock was where you learned to act. Well, I learned to act on the job. And and that's because television was, you know, now so strong in the in the 50s and 60s and and was not as enormous as it is now but it was it was such a a wonderful event so it was a great field the field was there to be plowed and we plowed it <laughs> yeah 
well, a lot of this. I mean, well, auditions, right? I mean, were you constantly going on auditions or was there a point? Yes. Was oh, there yes, a point absolutely. where you didn't have to audition, you know, let's say in the 50s uh, and early 60s? Well, after Rio Bravo, which was, as I say, the luckiest break in the world. Uh, uh, but then, uh, I mean, but then Hawks did not keep me. Howard Hawks signed me to a contract, of course. He discovered me, per se. Uh, but he he did not pick up my uh, my option. He let Warner Brothers buy it, uh, buy it from him. And but then again, that turned out to be fairly lucky because they put me in three or four good movies. Yeah. Again, let me remind people of who you're listening to. You're listening to a woman who's put together a legendary career. She's unbelievably humble. Just <laughs> she's writing it off as a lot of luck. And I listen. I'm going to take your word for it. I'm not going to argue with the wonderful. Well, great... you could. You. I think you could ask many, many winners of whatever they are winners at. That luck had a lot to do with it. Oh, Angie Dickinson is the voice that you're hearing. Frank McKay here. Very thrilled to have Angie. And again, you know, nobody's going to dispute good fortune, but there's a lot of people who I think if you would have just landed Rio Bravo immediately, you know, I mean, how soon into your career was Rio Bravo? It wasn't the first thing you did. I mean, it, right? No, no. It was about three years. And yeah. uh, let Yes, uh-huh. Or policewoman. Four years. If you uh, landed policewoman the first year of your career, I'd say, boy, that's a lucky break. But that's a oh, different... Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, no, that would be that would be something else. No, no, I, uh, you know, I listen. I, I crawled up that uh, that I don't call it a ladder. I called it a tree, and I cl- climbed it carefully, and and I got lucky. You know, uh, so, and also again the times uh, where they had so much product. All of those half hour and our shows uh, lee marvin speaking of the great lee marvin yeah. i think he might have had two tv show series but he had one for sure yeah and very successful but i don't remember the name of it yeah i'm trying to think as well it's really a different time you hit it on the head it, I mean, yes a totally different time oh speaking of that and, and do you have something you want to continue with your thought there? please no no go ahead please well uh, look at all the lee marvin had, had a series clint walker had a series uh, Henry Fonda had a series. James Stewart had a series. Shirley MacLaine had a series. Uh, James Arness, oh, I guess he had a series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't a movie star. No. Uh, he, he became a star because of the series. Uh, the movie stars I mentioned, uh, Steve McQueen, I think, is the only one who succeeded, uh, thoroughly su- succeeded uh, in television. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who was, I think, already a... Well, was he already a star? I don't know. No, I mean, but, he, he's... Yeah, I don't know his career all that well. I, I don't know in what sequence it went, but, I mean, he had success in both, like you did. And, oh, yeah, at Clint Eastwood. Ah, <laughs> Rawhide. Right. Uh, so um, so a lot of... Um, and, and a lot of people um, uh, started in TV and they were already actors as I say I just was I just was a listen I, I was lucky you've got questions I don't yeah. have any more well that's, I, mean, listen. I mean I mean I don't want to take the the questions away from you Do- and 
And I could ramble all day with you. You are lovely. Yeah, well, you, listen, you could ramble all you want. And I know the listeners want to hear you. They don't want to hear me. Frank McKay here with the wonderful Angie Dickinson. Thrilled to have her. She has put together just an incredible career. Luck or no luck, she's wonderful and she's talented and beautiful and everything else. And just what a career. And I want to welcome everyone back. They stepped away. Angie Dickinson is our very special guest. Frank McKay here with Angie Dickinson. Let me ask you what your folks thought of your career choice to go into acting. Were they supportive? Were they skeptical? Uh, Well, definitely. Um, My mother and dad had split up about this time, uh, and uh, he was a heavy alcoholic. And so, uh, and I, at my urging, you know, mother, you've got to leave him and all that stuff. Uh, and so he was amused, and I actually, uh, he lived uh, downtown L.A., and uh, and I went to see him and pick him up and take him to see my mo- my first movie, the one with Doris Day, uh, it, which was a prize from one of the contests that I entered uh, on ABC. See, it was a long road that you yeah. may not even know about that. That I didn't know. That was a, a little show, uh, like uh, like all t- television, was full of everything. <laughs> Wrestling was an enormous success. And so were these little beauty contests. And I entered one of the beauty contests. And if you won one week, you got to come back at the end uh, for the big, the big uh, choice for the winner. Well... Part of so I one of the prizes that I won was a part in a Warner Brothers movie, and so and they honored it and gave me a very small part, but effective in Lucky Me with Doris Day. I mean, so uh, things like that. Um, I wouldn't have even and they they actually honored the uh, prize, and I ended up at Warner Brothers, ironically several years later because of Howard Hawks. So all of that is what I'm talking about, luck. And um, and uh, a lot of, as I say, a lot of uh, people, Darren McGavin was not a star. He became a star. And Henry Fonda was a star, and his show didn't work. Shirley MacLaine's did not work. Uh, it's just it's so, I guess, quixotic is the word. Yeah, right. No, no, I get that. It's very interesting to talk to someone who's watched all of these different characters. And, you know, you knew at least two presidents that I know of. I've met five presidents, but you worked with President Reagan and before he was President Reagan. And, of course, you had a friendship with JFK. Did you know any other presidents? Are those the two that you got to know? I, you know, I got to meet a president. Um, oh, my God. Carter, probably, uh, right? No, no. Um, I'm so, uh, oh Truman? My God. Johnson <laughs> took over for took over for Nixon. I'm sorry. Um, Ford, President Ford. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm sorry, President Ford, because uh, he, he loved Policewoman, and he was quoted as saying that Policewoman was his favorite TV show. Wow. And then he was in the Palm Springs Frank Sinatra group. Uh, Barb, you know, Frank turned out to be very Republican uh, after uh, Reagan and all that. So I got to meet him. I met President Johnson once. Uh, at the White House, um, I had gotten to be friends with Arthur Schlesinger, who was a historian and a, uh, an aide to President Kennedy. Uh, well, uh, we went on a long uh, barnstorming trip 
through seven states the last week of the campaigning. And we like to take credit for those 112,000 extra votes that put him over. <laughs> we said, it's just about how many we people we saw on that trip. Anyway, so I got friends uh, with Arthur Schlesinger. So when Arthur left the White House after the president was killed, uh, he had a going away p- party for our office members and all that. And I happened to be in town promoting Captain Newman. And um, President Johnson came down to say goodbye. So I got to shake his hand. So it's a nice, uh, a nice resume. And I met uh, Bush a couple of times because um, I worked for the Alzheimer's Association, and his sister-in-law or something like that had Alzheimer's. So Barbara Bush and I got close because of that. So I got to meet about five presidents. Wow, you incredible! You mentioned the barnstorming tour and Sinatra, right? Frank Sinatra was on that tour. I mean, who else was? No, no, he wasn't. He was no, no. As they say, Frank Frank Sinatra doesn't tour. Oh (laughs) no, no. This was uh, Frank Sinatra put on the show celebrating the victory. Ah, okay. The big performance uh, the uh, night before the inauguration. Who was there with you doing the barnstorming? What other stars? Okay. Um, Shelley Winters came on for a couple of cities. Uh, The ones who started out were myself. uh, um, uh, Oh, God, hold on. Was Peter Lawford there? No, he didn't. No, he didn't go on it. Cochise. The white-haired, tall... He played Cochise. Um, oh God! Not Anthony oh, Quinn. No. Ch- Ch- Chandler, Ch- Jeff Chandler. Oh, Jeff Chandler, right, right. Jeff Chandler called me and said, "Hey, you want to go on a barnstorming tour?" And I said, uh, it, "Of course, of course." It was uh, evident, obvious. It was President Kennedy. I said, uh, "Well, what would it be?" He said, "About seven days. We go out and we fly in a private plane and we go from." about all the cities that we can reach as many Republicans as possible. And that was Boise, Idaho. That was Denver, Colorado. It was uh, up in Minnesota. I can't remember the name of the city. It was someplace in India and Kentucky. Uh, We ended and we ended up, oh, uh, and I'm just, that's the route. And then we ended up in New York. uh, And I'll go to that next. So uh, the other people were Stan Musial. Wow. Uh, baseball star. Sure, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And, yeah, and and Ernie Banks joined us in Chicago, yeah. and uh, and hearing them talk was great because we'd all meet after after the end of the day when we got to our each city we would gather for dinner and have it was just unbelievable. Let me see. Um, Rita Gam was an actress. Uh, That's some list of stardom there. That's some oh, Arthur Schlesinger, uh, and some call him Schlesinger. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, a historian and, uh, and oh, and, and James Michener. Wow. <laughs> James Michener. So our, we had, we had classy people. We had the, the movie industry with Ch- Chandler and me. We had the, the athletics industry with Stan and, Ernie, and Banks. Um, Ernie Banks. And, uh, and then the Literary. other people who and it, it got up and talked, and it was great. Now, here's the wonderful part that for me. Um, we got to New York uh, on the seventh day, 
And that was a Saturday night. And now the voting, the barnstorming was over because the election was three days away, Tuesday morning. And so the wrap-up for the Democratic Convention was in New York at the Coliseum. And I am making my speech because we all were addressing this huge stadium. And I heard a, a, a ruckus and pandem- not pandemonium, but certainly I had to stop talking. And she, I said, I'm sorry, I'll, uh, oh, I see. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, it is my great honor to introduce to you Mrs. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, wow. who has just entered the building. Oh, my gosh. And I got the honor of introducing her. Wow. And I didn't get to meet her, but I got to introduce her. Wow. And then wow. and then we finished off all of our speeches, and Jack came around, and I should say President, sure. soon-to-be President Kennedy came around and thanked each of us and shook our hands and said, thank you very much, thank you very much, thank you very much. That might have been the first time I actually shook his hand. I don't remember. Amazing. Just uh, yeah. you're a witness to history. Angie Dickinson, everyone is our very special guest. Thrilled and honored to have Angie Dickinson. You know her work from so many movies and television shows, Real Bravo and Police Woman. Point Blank is a Point, Point Blank, Blank is a good, great, one of my good movies. Yeah. I'm not in it that much, but it's a. It's no, that a, was a great movie. That was great. <laughs> well, you have to be a little off <laughs> center <Yeah. laughs> to like it because it is. It is a, and it was John Borman uh, who turned out to be one of our greatest directors that was his second movie yeah and he brought the new movies uh, he was part of the uh, the 70s and 80s that uh, really the 70s that that really the 60s and 70s were great <laughs> yeah i mean pretty maids all in a row is another one i thought was very good i mean i like oh i think it's terrible no, <laughs> it's a it's terrible, terrible movie no 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 oh, god no you were lovely in that and oh, let me well. see what else. Oh, I'm, trying, oh, I'm looking at some movies. Yeah, I, I mean, forget it. it. Oh, you were just wonderful. And again, pop culture is different than, you know, artsy type stuff. This isn't, you know, we're not talking about... A Place in the Sun. Yeah, you know, we're not talking yeah, about Yeah, those that. are we're great not movies. About I wasn't in one great movie, Real Bravo. Go ahead. I'm yeah, well, no, you you. Were, I know. Well, listen, your television work is great. And also, quantity has a quality all its own. I mean, the amount of real good television that you did. I mean, that's got to speak for something. Boy, you're very, I'm telling you, you're very modest. You're a very modest woman. You're really, you're an award-winning actress, and you've got accolades, and you've got good reviews. Did you get ripped by the critics? Did you get a bad deal by the critics? No, I think I got, I think I got um, uh, treated just right. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was, they were pretty, uh, uh, pretty decent to me. And even uh, and as good as I was in Dress to Kill, and I was excellent because of Brian De Palma, the director was amazing, yeah. was great. And you are you you are as good as your director. Uh, and uh, but it was that such too short an appearance to really qualify be, because I got knocked off so early. Uh, had it gone through, I think I could have made a bigger mark. Had the story. Uh, let me, you know, really get into it more. But uh, that was fine with me. I'm just look, looking back, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I didn't, and I thought I actually deserved a nomination uh, for supporting actor, uh, but I didn't have the money uh, to uh, 
you know, back myself for that. Uh, or, or, you know, you can't do it alone. You, it takes an awful lot of money if you're just doing it alone to take out ads. But what I'm saying is I think that was some of my best work. You know, that's interesting. And I think, you know, a lot of our people listening, certainly myself, and I talk to so many actors and actresses, but as a lay person, I'm not, you know, I'm not an actor. I'm not an actor. I wouldn't necessarily think about that. But right. I mean, these people, and again, Angie Dickinson is our very special guest, Frank McKay here with Angie Dickinson. Some of the actors and actresses that got a lot of awards really understood how to promote themselves and they had resources to throw out publicists and ads and take ads. That's a fact, right? Oh yeah. You can't do it without that. You just can't do it. Uh, and I mean, I don't, I don't know who the last person is. Uh, let's say that um, uh, uh, Ben, Ben, like the cowboy from Shane Ben Johnson. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm sure he didn't pay a cent. But the, but it was a big movie, and so the movie company kept promoting. You've got to have. The money, you, you, alone, you just can't do it. It's uh, they, You can't get out there enough for enough ads, and you can't afford the ads. So I actually I actually think had the studio backed me, I might have got a nomination at least. So I thought that was some of my best work. And I don't know if you asked me a question and if I answered it, or was that the answer? No, that's fine. Are you kidding? That's perfect. So we were going from the, uh, the, the, the President Kennedy successful tour yeah. and my Eleanor Roosevelt story and I'm not sure if I no, I you don't were, know how I are you kidding no no that. it's perfect uh, you didn't meet her even though you introduced her but I mean you know some people that would send chills up their spine oh to, I know. was I was I was uh, I was just thrilled. well I was on we were on a high already we thought this man possibly could win and the likelihood was nil you know, it was, uh, you know, he won by only 112,000 votes, don't you? Yeah, of course. And Chicago did it for him. You know, Illinois did it for him. I mean, without that, well, without yeah. a lot, you know. Exactly. So, uh, I, um, as they say, I, but, uh, you know, I went to a uh, my first fundraiser uh, when I would be 21. It was for Adlai Stevenson, and she was at a, a, a one of those uh, lunch parties where you donate to go to the luncheon and I yeah. have the little pictures that I took with my minox of her have you ever heard of a minox no that's a little like a brownie like a, a little camera it was, no smaller it was a spy camera in the war oh no kidding m-i-n-o-x and it was it's German and it's a great camera and it took up to one one thousandth of a stop wow and it, Back it then, was a know? Great, and I have pictures. I still have them there. I know exactly even where they are of Eleanor Roosevelt at a tea, one of the fundraisers uh, that the, you know, Jackie Kennedy did the teas for her husband, all to just raise money for their campaign. You, you know, you, it was a thrilling time. Oh, I know. Oh, I know an answer I didn't give you. Go ahead. Uh, because it's good. I want to. You asked about my parents, yeah. and I told you I took my dad to see Lucky Me, where I had that that little part in the Doris Day movie. And uh, my mother, I remember saying, "Well, you know," I said, "I'm going to quit my job," and she said, "Well, how will you how will you um, live? Uh, how will you take care of yourself?" I said, "I think I'll be okay, mother." And um, 
because I'm doing fairly well, and uh, I think she was afraid I would do the casting couch. And, ah, yeah. And we weren't as, you know, we didn't talk like that then. You didn't talk. Uh, you just, about private things like that. But I said, I think I'll be fine. And then uh, later on, uh, people asked me, uh, how does your, did your mother feel about going into acting? And uh, and I, I said that she was afraid of my uh, my acting career until she met Frank Sinatra. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it's halfway true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, once she saw you, you know, knowing Sinatra, then she knew it was you're on the right path, right? You're not going. Everything would be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the 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 the. the, the oh. Do you know how I got started? No. I entered a beauty contest, not a beauty contest, I'm sorry, right. about a mile from where I worked. This is this is where luck comes into it. They were having a beauty uh, contest at NBC to promote Jimmy Durante in the Colgate Comedy Hour, which was a Sunday show, an hour show every Sunday, uh, and uh, four or five uh, comedians um, did it every fourth Sunday. Uh, Martin and Lewis did one Sunday. Eddie Cantor did one Sunday. Jimmy Durante did a Sunday, and they rotated. So once a month, they would each one would put on a show. The Jimmy Durante had a contest, a beauty contest, for their show called the Colgate Comedy Hour. And so I said, oh, I think I'll go enter that, because I won that other one yeah. uh, uh, on uh, ABC. Well, I was one of the winners, and that was it. There were no prizes. There was nothing. That was just a promotion for the Colgate Comedy Hour. Wow. But after I was one of the six winners, or three, I forget, three or four of us won, I got a call where I worked, and he said, do you want to be on the show Sunday? And I said, well, I can't act. And he said, can you walk? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes. He said, well, do you want to be on the show or not? <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, I, I, that would be nice. Yeah, okay. And he you know, told me where to be and time and all that, and I asked my boss if I could have Friday off. And I walked in, and Frank Sinatra and Jimmy Durante were singing, rehearsing their song. Yeah. And it was a shot from a needle right into my veins. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I, wow, it wow. It just was the magic, the magic in the room. Uh, so that's luck. Oh, it's luck. Uh, but my it, first job was an injection. Wow. Just amazing. Angie Dickinson is the voice that you're hearing. Wonderful voice of just a great, legendary uh, actress, television and film actress. Just absolutely amazing career, award-winning, Golden Globe-winning actress Angie Dickinson. Frank McKay here with Angie. Let me ask, obviously you knew President Kennedy, you knew Frank Sinatra, you know, we mentioned Ronald Reagan, you knew Dean Martin, of course, and you knew all of these, Howard Hawks, you know all of these great actors and actresses, and you know all of them. Is there any common thread 
I mean, aside from saying just luck, I mean, do they have any common thread among them? Is there a trait that they all had that just points to their greatness? Well, I would say confidence. Mm. They, they, you know, when you exude confidence, it it is um, um, not necessarily electrifying, but you can't deny it when somebody will say cocky is not the word because cocky is uh, extra confidence. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you're totally and truly confident, uh, it, it just um, it rules the room. You know, it's um, it's electrifying, and you can see it in an animal as well. I mean, they're. Confidence is, uh, I think, the the one common thread that I would see in John Wayne and Robert Mitchum yeah. and James Mason and John. You know, it's just it, it, that's what they had. It was not an act. They were truly confident. Let me ask you something, and not to end on a negative note, not that it's negative, but it's obviously a dramatic note. And again, Frank McKay here with the wonderful Angie Dickinson. Where were you when you heard about President Kennedy being shot? I was at the studio. We were supposed to be shooting... The killers? Like, uh, no, the killers that day, but we were behind. We, we were not ready. We couldn't get ready. I was in the wardrobe department. Uh, getting still fitted for what would be shooting on the first day, which was supposed to have been the 22nd. And uh, so they said, you know, just everybody finish up and then we'll start on uh, what well, we thought Monday, but then Monday was a, ho- uh, you know, a, a national holiday. And so uh, we started on Tuesday in Riverside on the Killers. Hmm. So wow. it was, uh, just it wow. was just an unbelievable day. Well, Just, unbelievable, unbelievable event. You know, uh, listen, I hate to throw that at you right at yeah. the end here, but what a career, what a life you've had and still going strong. You sound great and you look great. Well, I don't work uh, much anymore. I don't have that kind of no. energy or or balls <laughs> because it's a tough business yeah. and uh, the hours are unforgiving and uh, it, it's really um, the, the the crew they work 16 hours a day for for months yeah well, listen, I could talk to you forever. You know, I mean, unfortunately for veteran actresses also, you know, you're not looking out there looking for work, but for veteran actresses, there's not a lot of great roles for them. And that's unfortunate for a lot of the veteran actresses that do want to work. But, uh, hey, when I was young, I didn't want to go see old people. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just part of, it's part of nature. That's, that's normal. Yeah. So no, I and I don't want to work. Uh, I I I do not I do not m- miss it, and I do not want it, and I couldn't do it if I did. <laughs> it's a real tough job. It looks easy, and it's not. Well, listen. So it, uh, you you've been uh, uh, 
I have not even noticed the time going by, yeah. so I don't know how long we've talked. I hope I have not rambled on as I am inclined to do. I, I, listen, I want to get you for a part two, a part three. I want to get you for a whole series if I can get you talking. But listen, we've taken up so much of your time. Angie, you're the best, and just a real honor to talk to you. And I know the listeners feel the same way. And honestly, what an incredible career, what an incredible life that you've had, and still lots of life left in you. And thank you very, very much for being here well thank you and it takes two to make a good show so you have certainly been a wonderful interviewer i loved talking with you and your audience thank you so much angie dickinson you're wonderful and i want to thank angie and i want to thank everyone for listening the great angie dickinson has been our very special guest you know her work from so much television policewoman and rio bravo and the movies and so many movies just a wonderful wonderful hour here that we spent with award-winning actress angie dickinson frank mckay signing off we'll see you all next time on breaking it down This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com